Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, it's Michael Beckerman. Welcome to my podcast, Creek Tech Climate Cast, where I talk to leaders who are helping to decarbonize the built world, create healthier living, working, shopping experiences as a result, and hopefully making a tremendous impact on addressing climate change. You know, as somebody that's been in the commercial real estate industry for so long, 35 years. One of the things that's always been apparent to me is that the industry as a whole it tends to follow leaders. And what I mean by that is it looks for companies that sort of set the pace and set the tone and the strategy for others then to emulate. And as it relates to sustainability and ESG, for me, one of the companies that I think is really a trailblazer in this space is Oxford Properties Group. And I'm thrilled today to be joined by Anushka Grant, VP Platform Services and Business Transformation Office, who helps lead their sustainability efforts at this global real estate manager, investor, and developer with a portfolio in excess of 70 billion, yes, that's billion dollars around the world. Anushka, thank you so much for spending some time with me on the podcast today. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Very happy to be here. Yeah, so why don't we uh, start, I'm fascinated by your background and sort of what you were doing before you got to Oxford. So maybe you could just share a little bit about your sort of corporate history. Sure, absolutely. So you mentioned my title and responsibility areas briefly prior to joining Oxford. uh, And I just joined Oxford in October of last year. So I'm a pandemic hire. Uh, (laughs) I worked at Rio Can REIT for five years in the asset management group, overseeing sustainability, innovation, and ancillary revenue. And it was really there that I began to realize the opportunity to advance sustainability goals in real estate. Uh, and before that, I was a management consultant in the strategy group with Deloitte for 14 years. Wonderful. So what was it then, Anushka, that led you to Oxford and what, what attracted you to this position? And if you could describe sort of your, your role. So I would say what drew me here is really very simple. It's Oxford's reputation as a leader in the real estate industry and its global scale. It really opens up so many opportunities to learn and contribute. In addition, uh, Oxford has a very ambitious growth and transformation path set. It's to really double our assets in the next few years and digitally transform the business to scale globally. So, you know, Tying it back to my role, the Business Transformation Office and Platform Services Groups are really in the middle of all of this transformation, which is really exciting. The Business Transformation Office is the partner to the business, so groups such as sales, development, asset management, property management, really facilitating their evolution from where they are today, the current state, to the future state where we can scale globally and uh, be more digital. 
And then platform services uh, is there to support and maintain that investment and transformation. So the new tools that we're implementing, the technologies, the processes, the workbenches on behalf of the businesses. So if I were to sum it up, my group's combined mandate is really to support and enable that transformation from project inception all the way to day-to-day operation. It sounds like a massive job, one that I, I clearly would never be qualified for, but you clearly are. <laughs> one of the things that I like to sort of uh, unpack with guests on the podcast, irrespective of uh, the company's size or scale, but I think in Oxford's case, it's particularly interesting to me because when doing my homework and, and you know, Oxford's been incredibly supportive of Cretech Climate and I'm, I'm deeply grateful for it. But one of the things that I, it's clear, just start to do some homework on the company is that this issue of sustainability and ESG has been part of the company for many, many, many years, right? Like you, you were very early as a company. I know this predates you. And while the planet might not think we were all early, you're, this is definitely very early for the rest of the commercial real estate industry. Where does this all come from is, is what I'm curious about. I mean, it must emanate from somewhere within the company. I'd love to just sort of understand how this has become such a priority at the company and, and an important part of the company's culture. You're right. Oxford has been a leader in uh, really reducing impacts and creating uh, healthier spaces for years now. And I feel really fortunate to join this team that's been leading by example for over 10 years. I would say sustainability is really important to Oxford and Omer's, our parent company, because uh, it's aligned with our purpose. And that is to drive social and economic growth through real estate, creating a better world for customers, partners, communities, and the environment. And a core concept here is what we call placemaking. We create places that people and companies want to be in. And increasingly, we're finding this means improving the sustainability and environmental characteristics of the building. I'd say uh, another reason why sustainability is so important is we firmly believe climate change is one of the most pressing issues of our time, and we see the world transitioning to a lower carbon economy. We want to get ahead of this work uh, today for this future tomorrow. And the third point um, that I would say is really sustainability improves the value of our assets and our companies overall. That's a deep set belief. And how we manage this is in a, a number of different ways. We apply an ESG filter when evaluating new investments. This helps ensure that we're managing a portfolio of assets that are efficient and will be competitive over the long run. We're investing in new digital capabilities to help us track our impacts better as we strive to net zero. And we're also, um, you know, actively integrating sustainability and well-being features in the design of our new developments, which we're finding really is attracting and retaining tenants and our employees. And I can speak to a quick example here. Riverbend uh, Business Park in British Columbia. It was once a non-operational landfill and former site of heavy industrial. It was adjacent to a shoreline and our commitment was to buy and redevelop that land and shoreline. So we've since implemented innovative flood protection and stormwater management, improved the local habitat and restored over a thousand meters of shoreline. So that's just one uh, example. No, it's, it's inspiring. 
It really is. So I think the other thing that's, again, I'm the newbie in terms of late as always in life, uh, late learner, last one to the party, hopefully not the last one as it relates to climate change and, and the built world. But you know, one of the things that also that I'm incredibly struck by is that you know there's this talk in climate tech overall and sustainability ESG about you know this concept of greenwashing, right? And how do we know who's greenwashing? What's just a PR tactic of somebody putting a logo on something? or just making a statement and those that are really doing the great work that needs to be done. And I think one of the ways, for me at least, is that you go to their website and they'll typically publish, if they're not greenwashing, a sustainability report, which I have in front of me. And I read yours and a couple others that I've, that I've interviewed on the podcast. And you're, it's extraordinary. And it's all there. Specific goals, specific strategies, tactics, carbon emissions, energy efficiency, renewable energy, on and on and on and on. And it's and I invite anybody who's listening to go and get it, look at it and learn from it and you know understand some of these strategies that a company like Oxford is is implementing. So my question is like how does something like that come about, right? What what's the overall strategy? What's the process? And and what are some of the goals and how do you come up with these goals as, as a, you know, a company-wide effort, if you will? So uh, thank you, Michael. Uh, we're really proud of our sustainability report, and it's been published for many years now. And there's quite a process of, uh, that, that goes behind producing a report of that uh, level of detail and quality. So thank you. I'd say a lot goes into it. It starts really at the top with getting commitment uh, around ESG or sustainability as a overall strategic priority, right? And then from there, it's about breaking it down into uh, specific targets, commitments, plans, and initiatives that need to be driven down the organization. So, you know, through our different business areas, such as investments, uh, property management, asset management, developments, developments, it's about incorporating those ESG commitments within each one of those business areas and managing to a plan just like you would with any other strategic priority at a business company. So that's where it starts. That's how it kind of cascades down in the organization. And then uh, a big part of uh, the Oxford culture is really built around ESG. We've got people who are uh, living and breathing uh, ESG. It's a core piece of our, uh, our fabric and culture. We've got employee resources, resource groups um, meeting regularly to discuss topics such as inclusion and diversity and well-being, furthering the topic, right, in progress. We've got cross-functional teams getting together right now to develop business plans for ESG, looking 10 years out on trends. We work really closely with our global partner organizations, our co-investors, our investors to really align on those objectives. We compare notes and challenge each other uh, to set the bar higher on targets. So, it's uh, it's a pretty big system within uh, Oxford to make this all happen. Clearly, clearly. Mm-hmm. Are there particular aspects of that report that you're particularly focused on or excited about or, you know, proud of? Yes, absolutely. You know, um, I'll just draw attention to a few of the highlights of that report. Yeah. Uh, one is around our, our solar progress. So yes. we can- um, the development of 260,000 square feet of rooftop solar across our portfolio to date. And this represents 26% of our goal towards uh, 1 million square feet. The global real estate benchmark, RES, 
ranked our sustainability performance in the top three of more than 950 funds. And uh, I'd say another point that we're uh, very proud of is we were recognized last year by Fast Company yes. as one of the world's most innovative companies uh, for energy and carbon reduction efforts. Uh, and I would say this award was largely the result of uh, our data and analytics capabilities. Uh, we've been setting daily energy and carbon targets since 2015, but we changed that from daily to hourly. This means that variances from expected usage, both positive and negative, are investigated and learned essentially 24 times a day versus once. Mm. And uh, then we've also got expanded use of AI technology. So via predictive modeling, we're able to predict peak times for energy consumption and power down during anticipated lulls of user activity. So just a few of uh, the things that we're quite proud of at Oxford. Yeah, it's, it's truly, truly wonderful. When you think about the future, Anushka, and you think about like, again, you got this report and you're very focused on the next 12 months meeting all of your targets. When you think a little bit further out, right, what sort of are you most excited about? Are you inspired by looking a little bit longer term? Because, you know, there's so much you read the tech press like you and I do. And there's so many technologies that are coming down the pike that seem, you know, like it's from a, you know, a sci-fi movie of sorts, you know, with carbon <laughs> right. capture and what have you. But you're operating also in the day to day, in the real estate world, in the built world. But what maybe in the next couple of years are you focused on and excited about? Yeah, there's, there's so much. You're right, Michael. I would say we're quite excited about and looking forward to seeing some advancements in, um, in climate tech to advance things like renewable energy. Mm. Um, we're seeing a lot of advances with district energy systems, for example. I'd say another area is around energy efficiency and reducing our emissions. So to learn more about the potential here, we have a couple of battery storage projects underway in uh, within our retail centers to manage usage over peak hours. And then I think another area really is about climate resiliency analysis. So really incorporating ESG into risk management um, and evaluating the portfolio climate change risk in a more holistic way and its impact on uh, subjects like capital deployment, investment decisions, development, asset management, insurance. Uh, the tools exist, but there's so much more for real estate organizations to learn and develop in this space in this space. So those are just a few examples. Yeah, just a few. Those are big ones and great ones. They're very, very exciting and inspiring. You know, what's what's fascinating about your background coming from the consulting side and now really on, on the strategy and the operations side for one of the world's largest real estate companies. And, you know, as part of this mission at Crete Tech Climate is you're so supportive of, you know, we're trying to educate and inspire the rest of the built world to follow Oxford's lead. What advice could you give to other real estate companies that, you know, that might look at Oxford and go, well, you know, you're a $70 billion organization. You have the resources, the talent, the tools. Not everybody does. So, you know, hopefully that's not true, that if you have great leadership and there's a will, there's areas that you could get started addressing, mm -hmm. right? So what mm -hmm. advice would you give others that sort of look to Oxford and want to emulate, you know, what you've been able to do so far? 
Yeah, it's a great question. I'd say, you know, from from hearing about the stories of how this uh, program got set up at Oxford, it's essential to get commitment from the top on ESG and engagement across the organization. Uh, to my earlier point, sustainability really needs to be managed just like any other strategic priority for the business. I'd say another important element is to measure. Right, establish a strong base for measuring ESG within the organization. I'd say Oxford's sustainability program is where it's at because it invested very early on in um, measuring and benchmarking its performance. And then from there, you can up the game constantly. And I would say the other point would be around um, collaboration. Collaborate with your industry partners. We know we can't solve big problems like climate change alone. So the insights and learnings from our zero carbon pilot programs and energy reduction programs are being shared more broadly and we continue to do so. Um, it's important to find like-minded groups to collaborate with, such as Cretec Climate. It's a great <sighs> example of uh, one such group, but there's so many others in the industry that are forming because they recognize we can't do this alone. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That's, that's, that's really wonderfully inspiring. Just a couple of other just thoughts to just quickly uh, get your, get your feedback on. One of the things that you and I have talked about is, you know, in your role helping to lead and drive transformation within the company is the importance of talent, right? And attracting the right talent to help you achieve all of these objectives. I love you just to talk about like what are some of the the skill set that you look for in people that you know you want to attract to Oxford because it's very different and you and I have talked about this that you know you're not looking to necessarily just you know check a bunch of boxes and say this person you know has been doing the same thing and therefore they could fill this role that we need because but you're really looking out of the box for real leaders throughout the entire organization what's important to you if somebody's listening and say I want to I want work for Oxford Properties Group, what would you say are some of the most important characteristics of people that you're looking to attract to the company? Yeah, it's also a great question and a big question. I yeah. would say, um, you know, depending on the role, technical skills are, you know, the, the foundation, right? And uh, you screen for that through resumes and, you know, word of mouth, you can kind of get a sense of who's done what to demonstrate the, the skills that we're looking for. Um, but increasingly on top of that, and again, this is all role dependent, it's about um, being comfortable with ambiguity, about, um, you know, looking at our business through a different lens. And right now it's through that digital lens that is new for our industry and uh, looking to solve problems through technology and digitization, um, being open to turn kind of existing status quo and existing models upside down to really pull out what's core, what needs to be um, addressed and looking at solutions differently. So being comfortable with that, being curious about looking at the business differently, taking initiative, trying things out, knowing that some things may not work exactly as you have planned and being okay to go back to the drawing board. So um, it's also about being comfortable with that level of ambiguity and continuing to explore in the pursuit of getting to uh, a better place here and looking at the business differently. 
I love that. That's great. And that's part of like our core mission also at Cretech, which is to help, you know, the real estate industry reimagine real estate. Right. And that, that involves a lot of just attracting new voices, new perspectives from other industries to come into this industry. Yes. And I think the resistance has been in the past that they think it's a very sort of, I don't want to say like stodgy, but it's an industry that, that has worked extremely well with the same titles and personnel and processes for decades. Mm-hmm. And now we're in an era which is, you know, incredibly exciting and technology is at the forefront of this. And it's hopefully attracting people like you and others like Dean Hopkins. I know you're, you're terrific COO from various parts of the business community to join the industry to really reimagine it and transform it. Like, like, you know, again, that's your title business transformation office. Exactly. Finally, this guy, I, I would love to just on a personal sense, like, you know, why is this so important? to you like i could imagine there's so many different jobs and industries that you could go into at this given all that you've accomplished why is this so important to you this sustainability esg diversity equity inclusion why are all these things important to nushka grant so all of these uh topics are really important to me because uh they are how we can um transform the industry and the business. Uh, They're increasingly important to our variety of stakeholders from investors, partners, tenants, customers, our employees. They have meaningful impact when, you know, when executed on properly, they can be measured. You know, you can actually take part in making uh, things better for the next generation. Uh, And that's personally really important to me. It's also very important to all of our host of uh, stakeholders that we manage so closely. So it feels like you can make a real impact um, with the next generation by managing ESG more closely in your business. So that's what you can actually control. Um, And thinking about being able to do this for that future uh, generation is really inspiring. That's great. And there's good. You know, when I talked at the beginning of the podcast about, you know, that there are companies that the industry looks to for leadership and that's usually what follows, right? The industry will follow those companies that, that are way out in front. And I think what I've, what I've seen is it was, it relates to ESG and climate that there is sort of this personal passion and this commitment to future generations and legacy. And that's why companies like Oxford have been around for so long because it's not the next quarter. Yes, of course it is, but it's, it's the next generation that's really, exactly. really important. And that's one of the themes I've found through most of the podcasts, most of the people that I've talked to is that there is something bigger at stake here. Yes, as you so beautifully articulated, the returns are there, the performance is there, the measurement is there, the tenants want it, the employees want it, but you're also leaving the world a better place. And exactly. that got to count for something, right, my friend? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, thank you, Anushka. I I could spend another hour talking to you, but I I know you're really busy. And I invite anybody who's listening to the podcast to follow Anushka on LinkedIn, to uh, follow Oxford Properties Group, download their uh, 2020 sustainability report. It's a blueprint for how to get this right. And it's it's comprehensive, it's accountable. And uh, again, when you think about leadership in the built world, companies and professionals that are committed to this for all the right reasons, it's a, it's a Nushka grant and it's Oxford Properties Group. Thanks for uh, spending some time with me today. Thanks, Michael. 
If you want to hear more about top industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the Cretech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.